glad He loves me today. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, tonight to Isaiah chapter number 53. Isaiah chapter 53. I want to look at the very first part of verse number 1. I've, I've preached many messages from this particular chapter and I've really expositorily preached, meaning that I touched each and every verse and um, but I want to do something a little bit more broad as we preach on this tonight than what we had done in the past. But as we look at Isaiah 53 and verse number 1, I want you to look at just that one question right there. Who hath believed our report? Amen. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, God, we thank you, Lord, for the good songs of Zion. And God, we thank you, Lord, for, Lord, already blessing us thus far. And Lord, as we continue to go forward for the cause of Christ tonight, God, I pray that you would help me, dear God, to be a blessing to your people. Lord, I pray that you would undergird me with your spirit and power from above to where we may preach the inerrant, infallible word of God tonight to your people. Lord, I can't do anything without you, and Lord, I'm here to admit that, and God, I know how lonely it is in this place where I stand if you can't show up to help me. And Lord, I know you can and I know you will. And Lord, I ask you to do just that tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll draw us closer unto you. Lord, help us to be kingdom minded in what we do for you, dear God. Lord, for we know there's many today that are still lost and not in this world and they need you, Lord, as their Savior. God, I pray that you would break down those walls, those barriers that may be holding them back from accepting you. And Lord, I'll surely be able to praise you and thank you for what you do. Lord, undergird us with your spirit and power tonight where we may preach the word of truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Here in chapter number 53, the great question is asked, by the great prophet Isaiah, you got to remember that Isaiah was written some 700 years before the birth of Christ. But actually here in chapter number 53, you have a prophet that is prophesying of the future about this man named Jesus. He says that who has gone, who's going to believe our report? Who has believed this report? And then he goes on down through the scripture there. And he says that he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And he begins to say that there is no beauty that we should desire him. And then I'm just hitting the highlights of the following scripture. But verse number 3, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and esteemed. We esteemed him not. Surely we have, he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes... Oh, hallelujah. His stripes, uh, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence. Neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. Wilt thou shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the, his, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he, has, he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. How in the world did this man by the name of Isaiah know all of this information about the Lord Jesus Christ some 700 years before Christ was even thought about being born into this world by the way of the Virgin Mary? All I can say is Isaiah was privileged to some great information that nobody else had. In other words, the Lord spoke to this prophet and said exactly what he wanted to say about the Lord Jesus Christ and Isaiah began to pin it down we see here the reminder of the suffering of Christ we see the reality of the sin we see sinful rebellion shameful rejection the sick reality of it all we see the resurrection of our Savior through a divine plan with a devoted price and with a delighted pleasure that it pleased God you see See the demonstrated power as he got up in verse number 10. We can. I'm glad that he came about. I'm glad that he died on the cross. I'm glad that he shed his blood. I'm glad that they buried him. But thanks be unto God, I'm even more glad that on the third day he got up from the grave to make intercession for you and I where we can have salvation full and free. But the prophet is saying, Who hath believed our report? And then he gives this report that I briefly gave you tonight. And it makes me wonder, what is it going to take people for people to believe our report? What report do we have to give tonight uh, to a lost and dying world? And why will not they believe this report of the gospel? I believe people won't believe the gospel because of pride. I believe their pride gets in the way. I don't know, I, I, I've seen many a people, Brother Joe Floyd, down through the years, uh, they'll tell me, they'll say, Preacher, I don't care what that Bible says, I don't care what you say, I'm going to live my life the way that I want to live my life, uh, and nobody can stop me. You know what? God allows you to do that if you won't take that road. He gives you a free will to choose if you're going to run with the world, or if you're going to run with God. I believe I'm going to take my chances with God, and I'm going to serve Him, 
them and not go down the way of the wicked. The young people are the worst in these days because they think they got the tiger by the tail, the world by the tail, if you will. They think they're going to live forever. Let me tell you something, kids. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. And I believe pride gets in the way of many individuals. They'll say, oh, but preacher, I'm going to live my life my way and my way only. I don't care what the Bible says. You see, this is what I see in the lives of people today. People want to be saved. Even the people that say they don't care what the Word of God says, they want to be saved. And they'll even say a sinner's prayer. And they maybe even half-heartedly follow the Lord. But the thing is this. They want a Savior, but they don't want a Lord. They want to go to heaven, but they don't want to do what's required in our living to be seen among the righteous. Folks, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ tonight. I'm not ashamed of the Lord and what He's done in my life. I'm not ashamed of what He has done for us. And I'm not ashamed to proclaim it from the housetops. I'm not ashamed to proclaim it anywhere. Somebody asked me the other day, you go anywhere to preach, I hope to tell you, I'll pray about it. I have only had a few places where God told me not to go because it wasn't the time to go. But I can tell you this, I'd go to the Kingdom Hall and preach if they'd let me. They need help. Many of churches that call or want to do a revival and they're trying to pull their, you know, and this is really not the way to do it. And I try to tell the men of God that. They'll call, preacher, can you come do a week's revival for us? I said, well, let me pray about this thing. I'll let you know tomorrow. But uh, what's going on? Our church is in a slap mess. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. You want revival and your church is in a mess. Let's rethink this thing. <laughs> because if the hearts and the minds of the people aren't right, and praying, asking God for revival, chances are God's not going to come down and bless that mess. Amen. If a church is torn slap apart, there ain't nothing that a revivalist or an evangelist can come through to make it any better. That's, That's my point tonight. And, and, but, but, but people get into that mode. They get into that mode of where uh, they want to be saved and they, they want to do better and they want to serve the Lord, but they don't want to live their life according to thus saith the Word of God. Now listen, we're saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not saved by works. Uh, and, and, he, and we're saved through Him and Him alone. Uh, but my friend, I do believe when the Lord makes you a new creature, there's some things you begin to desire. You begin to desire the house of God. You begin to desire praying unto Him and talking unto Him. You begin to desire the Word of God. You begin to desire to, 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 desire to witness to people and to tell others about the, the Lord. But pride uh, seems to get in the way. I believe uh, selfishness gets in the way. Everybody wants it to be their way or no way. And I'm here to tell you there's probably a church out there for you. Most people want a Burger King religion. Have it their way. Huh? I like to have Wendy's religion. Old fashioned and juicy, amen. amen. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference. But, but, but also the power of sin that, that, that prevails in their life and the love of the world, they don't want to let it go. They don't want to let go of the things of the world to live before a living God. But I'm here to tell you, folks, we're all going to stand before God one day, whether you're saved or you're lost. It just depends on what's judgment.
you're going to show up on if you're at the judgment seat of Christ or the white throne, great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment is going to consist of lost people. Uh, and then the judgment itself is going to be for the saved. Folks, we're all going to have to stand before God. Wouldn't you rather stand before God tonight and say, hey, you, and God would say, hey, you believe my report. You've done the best that you could Amen. to serve me. Wouldn't you like to hear that? Amen. Well done, thy good and faithful servants. You've been faithful over a few things. You've been, I'm going to make you ruler over many. I believe there's going to be things and, and duties in heaven. Listen, don't, don't get the idea that we're going to sit around under a shade tree with a fishing pole in our hand uh, trying to catch fish. That's not what heaven's going to be. We're going to be about serving the master. We're going to be about serving the Lord. And I believe our faithfulness here is going to determine what we do over there. Yeah. I, I believe that. I believe that just makes sense. I believe that's what the Scripture teaches us tonight. But who hath believed our report? Now, if I was preaching to you tonight, in which I am, just by chance, uh, uh, what would be my report that I would give you? After reading all that we read there in chapter number 53 of Isaiah's report, I believe we can get the same report uh, from this preacher to you today. Because you know why? God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always the same. He's a never-changing God. So who hath believed our report? So may I challenge you and challenge the world tonight and ask you, do you believe the report? Not believe the report of the world, but believe the report of the Lord thy God. What should we be believing tonight in the report that you're giving, preacher? Number one, let me say He is alive. There's a many a people think that we serve a dead God, but I'm glad that we don't serve a dead God because a dead God can't save anybody. It takes a God that's alive and well. Oh, preacher, but He died and He rose again, but He ascended up into the heavens. Yes, He did. And He is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I, and we're being able to go unto Him before prayer and the throne of grace aren't you glad you don't have to go by the way of a priest and let them pull the curtain around you aren't you glad you don't have to go and sacrifice the animals to get a prayer through for Jesus Christ himself was the supreme sacrifice when he shed the blood on the cross of Calvary for you and I he is alive tonight Revelation 1.18 says these words he says I am he that liveth and what was a dead. I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. You would be amazed at the number of people in this world that do not even believe in God. Over 50% in the latest study believe that there is no literal true God of any sort. They don't believe in a higher being. Folks, I'm here to tell you in the beginning, God created it all. Amen. And He is alive. He is alive and well. I couldn't do what I do. You wouldn't be sitting here today, I don't think, if you didn't believe God was alive. Listen, a dead God can't save you. A dead God can't heal you. A dead God can't speak to you. A dead God can't see you. A dead God can't hear you. But I'm glad that I serve a God tonight that is able to reach down and touch me and pull me out of the deepest and direst of mire and clay and pull me up and set me on the solid 
rock establish my goings to where I can walk with him I'm glad that I serve a God tonight that hears my every cry I'm glad that I serve a God tonight that will answer my prayer and lead me in the right direction dead God can't do that but one that's alive and well can and he proclaims it in the word Revelation 1.18 I am he that liveth and was dead you know that means he was dead but he's not now Amen. amen hallelujah no other little g God in this world can claim to do what our God has done that's why we serve the God that we serve because he resurrected from the grave he had divine blood running through his veins to wash away all of our sins. No other God, little g God, can proclaim that they're alive. You go to their tomb and you'll find them wrapped up in the grave clothes. But you go to the tomb of Christ and my friend, there's nothing there but a napkin folded with a promise of Him coming again. I'm glad that he's alive. Do you believe the report so far? Yeah. Amen. He is alive. But number two, he's able. That's right. Huh? He is able. James chapter 4 and verse 12. The Bible says there is one that is able to save and destroy. He is the one that is able tonight. Hebrews 7.25 says he's able to save to the uttermost. I used to pastor this lady at the old church. She'd stand up and give a testimony. And she'd say with her frail hands, she said, Preacher, I just want to praise the Lord. I know that He saved me from the guttermost to the uttermost. I'm here to tell you, when somebody can stand up and say that, they got the goods. They know that God was able to save them from what they were in and put them where she was that day. She's gone on to be with the Lord. Miss Rogers would say that a lot. She'd stand up with them frail hands. She wasn't as big as a minute. Oh, preacher, God save me. And listen, it didn't matter if somebody else was testifying or not. She couldn't hear good. Her hearing aids wasn't even dialed in, bless her heart. Somebody else would be testifying over here. She'd stand up over there and she'd just talk right over them. Amen. I had been preaching before, not even done. She'd stand up preaching. I just got to say something right here. I'm just going you know, she couldn't help it. She couldn't hear a thing, but bless her heart, uh, she's in the portals of glory today. I preached her funeral some years ago, and I'm here to tell you, I'm glad that God is still able. Amen. God is still able to save to the uttermost. And then over in Jude, verse number 24, there's only one chapter there. He said that the Bible said that He is able to keep you from falling and to prevent, present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. I like that word joy. I like to have joy. Listen, there's a lot of things today in this world that will make you not have any joy. But Brother David, there's something in this world called the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody, if you will, that will give you all the joy that you'll ever need and that you'll ever desire. Listen, you may be sitting here tonight and you say, Preacher, you don't know what I've been through. It doesn't matter what you've been through. God's got a good dose of joy for you. Oh, but Preacher, you don't understand what I have to live with and who I have to live with. Now listen, that's your problem but God can still give you some joy. Yeah. Huh? I know some people's miserable. I understand that. 
But you know what? I refuse to let the devil and the world or anybody else take my joy. Because if you don't have joy of your salvation, you ain't got a whole lot. I'm not going to be miserable tonight. huh? I'm going to enjoy my ride. Amen? I'm going to enjoy the trip. I'm going to enjoy what the Lord's done for me. I'm going to continue to praise Him. I'm going to continue to work for Him. I'm going to continue to listen to Him. Why? Because He is able to do all things well. I can't do it, but God can. He's able. Do you believe He's able tonight? Do you believe He's alive? Alright. Who hath believed our report? Number three. He's altogether lovely. Oh, thanks be unto God. You know what Pilate said? He said, I find no fault in him. May I say I've not found any fault in him neither. You can look up and down his life for 33 and a half years. Uh, I'm talking about from the womb to the tomb. You ain't going to never see uh, any sin in his life. You're not, you'll see where he was uh, tempted. But my friend, he never failed, not one time, uh, to the draw of temptation in his life. He's the altogether lovely one because he was the sinless Lamb of God. He's the only perfect one that was ever to be born and ever to be lived and lived on this earth some 33 and a half years. I promise you today, there's nobody like the altogether lovely one, the Lord Jesus Christ. The beautiful rose of Sharon. Amen. Uh, I'm talking about the bread of life. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And the Bible even says here in the Scripture that uh, that, that He that borne our griefs. That, 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 they did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, was wounded for our transgressions. But up in verse number 2, He says this words right here. For He, he shall grow up before Him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. That's going back to the Old Testament. And the genealogy all the way back into the days of Moses and beyond. And it will be a, as a root out of dry ground. And he hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now we've seen portraits of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've seen the, the, the movie, The Passion of the Christ. And you see the bloody mess that he is that he's hanging upon a cross. And I'm telling you, that movie, The Passion of the Christ, was pretty gruesome. Uh, it, it depicted it I'm thinking pretty well but probably not even close to what the Lord Jesus went through but isn't that true you see some of the pictures with the crown of thorns upon his head and blood rolling down his face and down his beard uh, folks he wasn't beautiful to look upon but my friend there's something more there uh, than the blood and the bruises that were behind all of that it was our Savior my friend and he come to save the entire world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life the world that means he died for me he died for you he died for every being in this world that listen if they're breathing he died for them matter of fact if they're no longer breathing he died for them too and those that would continue to breathe in the future that he's given breath to. He's got a soul. He died for him. He's altogether lovely. Amen. Altogether lo- Do you believe he's altogether lovely? Amen. 
He's alive. He's able. He's altogether lovely. But He's our atonement. He's our atonement. What do you mean, preacher? I looked up that word. And I, I like going to the dictionary sometime to see exactly what they say. And this is what the dictionary said about the word atonement. It is reconciliation of God and man through the death of Christ. In other words, it is uh, God bringing salvation to man through the bloodshed and the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Atonement. That's how we're saved today. Amen. I'm glad that I'm saved. Amen. I've been washed in the blood. Yeah. And that is the best feeling and the best joy that you would ever have tonight of knowing that Jesus Christ has cleansed you from all iniquities and that He's saved your soul. Amen. Atonement. See, He died for us. You see, I love Brother David Pearson, but David Pearson couldn't die for me. I love Brother Joe and Aaron, but none of them could die for me. There's only one that could have died for me. Amen. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love each and every one of you tonight. But just think about this for a minute. Let me just, th let me just, let me just ask you this question. Mallory, would you give Lexi for my life? You didn't really have to think about it. You just thought it was a great trick question you wouldn't you wouldn't would you give cody for my life no would you give jonathan for my life <laughs> trick question <laughs> trick question let me put it this way i couldn't give my son's life for your life Amen. ricky you wouldn't give your boy's life for mine your daughter's life for mine you wouldn't do it Gene, you wouldn't give that girl's life for mine. And you know what? All these people that I spoke to tonight, I know you love me. But you don't love me enough to give your own for me. And you shouldn't. But think. Think about this. That's what God done for you and I. Amen. He gave up His only begotten Son. What confused my wife as she was thinking, now I'm supposed to love my husband more than I am my children, wasn't you? <laughs> But it's the truth. We wouldn't give them up for anyone. It doesn't matter how rotten they are. Or how bad they are. You wouldn't do it. You would not do it. They could be the world's worst. But you'd never give their life for mine. You wouldn't do it. That's what makes the relationship between God and the Son so special. Yep. He gave His only begotten Son for you and I. And if it wasn't for the atoning death and the bloodshed of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we would not be able to be saved tonight. So He is our atonement. But number five, He abides in us. In other words, He lives within me. He lives within you. You ask me how I know He lives? He lives within my heart. Amen. Amen. 
That is simple tonight. When He abides in me, He abides in you that are saved today. And there's something called the Spirit of God that is deep down inside of you uh, that continues to steer you in the right direction. Uh, It's almost like putting the reins upon a horse uh, and you pull it this direction and it goes to the right. You pull it this direction and it goes to the left. You pull them both back and that horse stops. Uh, Folks, it's just like God having the reins in your life and the Spirit speaks to you uh, uh, deeply inside. And when you think about going to a place of sin, uh, that's when the Spirit of God pulls the reins back, begins to bring you under conviction, and puts you back where you need to be. You start going into this direction. Oh, that ain't the way to go either. God begins to pull it back by the Spirit, and then all of a sudden it's got you back where you need to be. And then God says, go in that direction. And then you follow that, and then your Spirit is coinciding with the Spirit of God and you're going and you're being obedient unto Him and that direction will never fail and God will always lead that way. He'll tell you which way is right and which way is wrong. Pray for me. My daughter's getting ready to go to college here in about a year. And she's trying to decide where to go. And she's speaking of, you know, this college, that college, this one, that and the other. And she'll tell you the thing that I told her to do just this past week. I think it may have been Friday. I said, you pray. (laughs) Pray about where you need to go and let God lead you where you need to go. Not because your friend goes here or this friend's going over there or you want to stay at home here or over there, do this, that, and the other. And I'll help her pray. And maybe God can speak to me and speak to her and we'll have it all figured out. And then and now we're going to take up a special offering for my daughter's education. <laughs> How many knows that's expensive? Jonathan knows, don't you? <laughs> Listen, He abides in us. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. Cody, you've got to pray. I don't know if God's going to send you to Africa for, all, for the rest of your life. He may send you to India. I don't know if God's going to, where He's going to send him. But God knows. And you know what? God will tell him. When time comes, God will tell him. And that's what God does. When He abides in you, He leads you. And He guides you. And directs you. But I like this one. <laughs> Number six, He's arriving soon. <laughs> I believe that report. Amen. I believe He's coming. John chapter 14 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again receive you myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And then, of course, there's always one in the group like Thomas. Oh, Lord, I don't know how to go where you're going. Where are you going? You ain't telling us nothing. And Jesus said, Oh, you're going to know the way because I am the way the truth and the life and no man can come to the Father but by me I'm here to tell you he's arriving soon 
You look at everything in this world that's going on. You look at the apostasy of churches. That's the falling away of churches that the Bible speaks about. You can see uh, the filth of this world and the direction that it's going. My friend, everything has come to pass in this precious book uh, except for that which is proclaimed in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. He says, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain will be caught up uh, together with them in the clouds uh, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That, my friend, is a reality. That could take place today. He could split the eastern skies. The trumpet could sound uh, on this rainy Sunday night in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We could be leaving here and if Jesus decides to come back tonight, somebody else is going to have to lock the door because I'm out of here. And whoever's left, you can have everything is here, I reckon, because we're gone. I ain't going to need it. And if you're saved tonight, you ain't going to need it because you're going to be gone. That quick. Y'all like them sound effects, don't you? Out of here. One of these days, people's going to get on the radio and they're going to come on Fox News, CNN, and everything else, and they're going to be saying, we don't understand what's going on around here. There's tombstones turned up everywhere. There's cars being unmanned. There's airplanes being unmanned. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, makes you want to groan a little bit in the Lord. Listen, I'm telling you, that's some serious stuff. But you know what's going to be sad? There's going to be mamas and daddies that go over to a crib and there ain't going to be nothing there. They're going to think somebody's done stole their baby. Yep. Ain't nobody stole that baby. That baby's done raptured up and gone. Oh, but preacher, that baby ain't saved. I'm hoping to tell you that baby's safe in the Lord. Amen. I guarantee you. Yep. You don't believe me? See what happened to David's baby. Yep. He said, I will be with him again. Yep. And you know why? Because that baby was safe in the Lord. Yep. Amen. That baby don't know no different. Brought into this world out of sin. I'm here to tell you. Parents are going to go in there and they're going to see nothing but a diaper and booties and a little onesie sitting in that crib. And they're going to think, where's my baby? <laughs> Why didn't they take the diaper bag? Don't need no diaper where it's going. <laughs> Not going to need no bottle. Mm -mm. Listen, that's a reality tonight. No matter what people say, that is a reality. My question to you is this. Do you believe that report? Amen. My question to the entire world, whoever may be listening tonight, do you believe that report? Because he's coming. <laughs> I'm here to tell you he is coming. I just wonder if he was to come tonight, who'd be left behind? Wouldn't that be interesting? If we could look down the portals of time and just say we was here on a Sunday night having church like we are tonight, then all of a sudden, Randy, it's, uh, the Lord comes. <laughs> the Lord comes. We're gone. We're meeting those that have died and went on before us. We're meeting them in the air. Amen. Mamas and daddies and papas. Right through the air. That body being reunited with that soul and us just getting on a glorified, fly, glorified flight Amen. to heaven. 
I call it flight 417. Because <laughs> that's when we're leaving here. It is a reality tonight. And it's going to happen. And it's going to happen soon. I just hope you're going to be on that trip with us. I want to take everybody that can go with us. But everybody's got to go the same way. And don't, don't be fooled just because they Jew don't mean they're going. <laughs> they got to accept Christ just like we did. Right. And right now, most of them don't accept Christ. They don't believe He's the Messiah. But I'm telling you now, they missed the mark. No one spoke like this man. No one done the miracles like this man. Oh, but preacher, that sounds like a fairy tale. You go ahead and live in your little world if you want to. Yeah. Huh? This is your world. I'm just living in it. I'm just passing through. Because this is not my home. I'm just a sojourner. I'm just a pilgrim. Passing through on a temporary stay. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. In other words, I belong there, not here. And I'm just going to be here for a little while. I'm just paying a visit. (laughs) Soon I'll be gone. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. You stand as they come get us a song of invitation. We'll pray. If you've got a need, I pray that you'd come. Let me challenge you tonight. Tell somebody about Jesus this week. And you may say, preacher, I don't have the courage. I, 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 I don't have the know-how. Listen, everybody can tell their story. Everybody can tell how the Lord saved you. Everybody can tell how good God's been to you. Everybody can reveal to someone else their salvation experience. Everybody can do that. Oh, but I can't do that, preacher. Let me tell you something. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Amen. What does that mean? That means some of you don't tell others about the Lord because you had not asked Him to give you the strength to do so. But let me say this. He says over in Acts chapter 1, After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, I take that as and interpret that as receiving Christ as your Savior. After the Holy Ghost has come come upon you, you will receive the power to become a witness. Not only here in your home, but abroad and across the world. God's giving you that tonight. I hope you believe my report. The report's full of A's if you didn't notice. That means it's acceptable. Outstanding. That's who our Jesus is. I hope and pray to help you tonight. Father, God in Jesus' name, we do love you. God, we thank you for the report of heaven. Who hath believed our report? God, I pray if there be a need in any pew tonight, or those that may be listening live, God, I pray that you'd grant it as we pray tonight. Father, lead us, guide us, direct us by the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And Lord, I'll thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.